0: This is the Chicago podcast on the Dynasty Podcasts Network, showcasing conversations with Chicago's creative communities and professional industries. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago.
1: Haima Black, I am in the South Loop, over here at Chu Chicago offices. I'm here with Jason Lesnevich, Senior Director of Cultural Tourism last Dynasty podcast recording of the year. Jason, thank you so much for having me here at Chew Chicago.
0: Well, thanks for being here. We appreciate it.
1: We're really right at the end of 2023. You know, how's how's the mood at Chew Chicago as we're bringing the year to a close?
0: It's an exciting mood. You know, a lot of exciting things on the horizon, but we got to close out 2023. So for our sales team, who is booking meetings and conventions, they only have a couple days to close out their year, hopefully hit all of our sales goal. On the marketing side of our business, you know, really looking and and planning at 2024, although we just launched Chicago Restaurant Week website, which is in January, but the website's now live and so busy, but everyone's excited to, you know, take a break,
1: take a pause and regroup in 2024. And busy is good. Busy is yeah. always good. And, you know, I think something we should note before we really dig into all the great things we're going to talk about today is that so much of the work, whether it's events, whether it's, I'm sure, you know, campaigns, marketing, like all this stuff for the next year, I'm sure that starts months and months and months in advance. Like when does a lot of the 2024 conversation really actually start?
0: Yeah, I'll give you one example on a project, and it's it's our visitor's guide. And I'm bringing that up because it's a project that I lead we start content planning for our 2024 guide which is an annual publication in may and so you know it's about a eight month process to build and print and get out the door so you know we are starting a calendar look at the calendar of events and all of our initiatives you know in the summer you know we really got to think Six months in advance, we have to be out in the market in early spring to influence summer travel. And some markets you have to be in even earlier when we're talking international marketing and trying to draw people from global
1: markets. They need, you know, eight to sometimes 12 months to plan. Yeah, you got to have that planning and prep time. So, we're going to dig into so much cool stuff about Choose Chicago and about the city of Chicago in general. But let's start with you. You know, I always like getting some background with the people I'm talking to for the first time. How did you get your start working in Tourism,
0: yeah, it's an unlikely start, I would say. I was a student at uh, Illinois Chicago here, studying history and political science, and I was looking for a job. And my first kind of tourism gig was in 1998. We had this initiative called Cows on Parade. If if anyone remembers,
1: I I do. God, this was this was quite some time ago. It was. I do recall that though.
0: And so I got to actually install some of the cows across the city, and then the city had a gallery where about 20 cows were in the State Street Bridge House. So where the, not up above, but there's this room down below where all the mechanisms were, where they had about 20 of the cows. I got to sit in that gallery, talk to people and and do my homework, to be honest. (laughs) And so it was a great opportunity to meet people. Always had a passion for the city. And in 2001, they recruited me to work in our visitor centers. At that time, we had two full-time visitor centers, open seven days a week, one at the cultural center, and then one up in the um, pumping station, the waterworks building on on the Mag Mile. And so, you know, started in 2001 in, at that time it was called the Office of Tourism, worked my way into a manager role with a company called Chicago Neighborhood Tours, which was a city run program where we would get on motor coaches and go across the city and neighborhoods on guided tours. And then eventually when Choose Chicago was formed in 2012, they brought me on as we really started our neighborhood work and really promoting culture as one of the top things that Chicago should be known
1: for. And I think it is known for that and really promote culture across the city. Before the mics run, we were talking a little bit about how there is there, there is a stigma in some conversations, especially online, when you mention Chicago and people say, oh, it's this war zone, blah, blah, and you're like, come visit here. It's obviously not... But it's like, I have to think telling the story of culture in Chicago, I mean, it's and choose a medium, you know, choose sports, choose comedy, filmmaking, actors, like writers, it's like musicians, certainly like food. It's not to discount the work, but this has to be an easy story to tell in terms of like, there's so much to choose from in Chicago, right?
0: We are a city, you know, we are rich in experiences across the board, as you said, and Sometimes that is makes it a little bit more difficult. What stories do you tell? What do you focus on? You know, you have some cities, Nashville or Vegas. It's very easy. It's the it, one thing. It's the one thing. Sure, and they do it well. So what do we say about Chicago? What's the one thing that we really hang our hats on? And so you know, we are going to go through a rebranding process here soon. And, and it's going to be important work to set that foundation because what should Chicago be known for? And like you said, we're known for so many things. So I think it's going to be a fun exercise and really excited to be part of that um, that work. Yeah.
1: Well, your role here at Shoe Chicago, you know, you are Senior Director of Cultural Tourism. What does that position entail? I mean, and also I, sh- I should say, Bring us into what Choose Chicago does for anyone who's not familiar.
0: Sure, I'll start with Choose Chicago. We're a destination um, management organization, so we're the sales and marketing arm for the city in terms of the visitor industry. And so, our sales team is booking conventions at McCormick Place, but also meetings at hotels and other venues across the city. On our leisure side of our business, you know, we're running ad ad campaigns for Chicago. You'll see them for destinations all across the country. You don't really see our work because we're in markets trying to draw people here to. Chicago. Chicago. So lots of ad campaigns where we we do them year round. We run our website, ChooseChicago.com, which is a massive website of content. It's very
1: robust. It really is.
0: (laughs) Planning tools, hotel searches, restaurant searches, things to do, blog calendar. We, We produce two to three blogs a week. We run our social channels, of course, active on pretty much every social channel. Really promoting Chicago as a destination but then also making sure that people are aware of all the great experiences to do across our city and neighborhoods.
1: So for you then as the senior director like where does your work start and end because that seems like senior director of cultural tourism that that seems like it could be very all-encompassing for what we're talking about here with so much to showcase in Chicago
0: you know with my budget I have a department budget so I do get to lead my department I have some key igni- initiatives one of my big initiatives is Chicago Theatre Week and, yes and working with the League of Chicago theaters to pull this to pull this annual celebration off in February so really gearing up for our launch where tickets will go on sale January 9th for Chicago Theatre Week and focusing on the theaters is really important it's one aspect of I know we'll talk about our creative industries but they are struggling theaters are really struggling to get people back in the door and so you know last year we had our best year in terms of ticket sales thousand tickets sold for theater week and so this year we have big goals in 2024 but excited to hopefully get people out of their houses in february and into theaters beyond that i work really closely with the d case the department of cultural affairs and special events we really sit down at the beginning of the year where is our focus of my support gonna be in the in the cultural community? Last year it was on the performing arts because we knew they did need help, music, dance, theater, and comedy. So we launched a couple of campaigns in conjunction with DKs to really raise awareness of the art scene here in Chicago. We run a program called Chicago Greeter out of the cultural tourism department, and that is a free program for visitors where we will match you up with a local volunteer, and they'll take you around the city for a two- to four-hour walk.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's huge. And so something, you know, I think this is a good time to kind of revisit something we were talking about before the mic, which is that I think if you mention Chicago, some people who don't live here, aside from the negative story that some people have that lives in their head, they also might just be like, oh, my God, Michael Jordan and Oprah and the Bean and Navy Pier and Deep Dish Pizza. You know, and so getting somebody to walk around the city, like what does that do Where are they going to show that there's a lot more to Chicago than just, you know, Italian sausage and deep dish pizza, which, you know, those are great things, but they're not the whole story of the city by far.
0: Yeah, I think one thing that Chicago, you know, we're a young organization. So we're about, you know, 10 years old as a, as a DMO, as we call it. There's been cities that have been doing what we've been doing, pitching media stories, bringing in journalists, working with influencers for 40, 50 years. And so Chicago's kind of had, let their perception been driven by popular culture, by movies. So you do get the Oprah win for, oh, Chicago, Oprah, Ferris Michael Bueller, Jordan. Michael
1: Jordan, yeah, um, And of Bowls. course,
0: you get gunned down by the Tommy gun because there's still those dated perceptions about the 1920s gangsters. And I literally travel to Europe <laughs> and they'll like like gun me down with this fake Tommy gun. So
1: And if you go walk around where the Biograph Theater was, it's like you're not going to get gunned down by a Tommy gun. No. You're going to get overcharged for a sandwich. You know,
0: the movie Public <laughs> Enemies was filmed in Chicago. So a lot of early Chicago perceptions were movie and popular culture and so you know changing those perceptions is important for us with all the great things to do and once we get someone here like you said they're they as we were talking before they're kind of floored with the city they had no they're like wow I was not expecting this, just how beautiful it is, how clean it is, how walkable it is. Those first time visitors are really floored and giving them a chance to meet with a Chicagoan, our greeters aren't scripted. They don't have a script, it's not a tour. It's what you like about your city, why you live here. It's more about a conversation with a visitor And our post-walk surveys are amazing. They just can't believe we have 120 volunteers willing to take visitors around in the first place and meet a stranger and go walk around with them. But then that in-depth experience, that deeper dive, which I think people are really craving now. You know, some people knock off that top 10, but a lot of people want to go deeper dive when they visit a place based on their own interests. And yeah. so we personalize these walks based on their interests, languages, and, and that sort of thing.
1: Well, you know, you said that people are surprised that there are this many tour guides who want to walk and talk about Chicago. But if you talk to people who love this city, it is not surprising That all they want to do is talk to people from out of town about how great Chicago is.
0: Yeah, I kind of joke around, you know, give a Chicagoan a mic and, you know, you might not get it back. That's the Um, story
1: of this podcast, yeah.
0: (laughs) But it's one of the best things about Chicago is it's people. Yeah. You know, people drive so many things that we'll talk about. But meeting Chicagoans, it's hard to kind of describe our personality, but we love to boast but not like we're not screaming it to the world
1: at the same time. When we get that opportunity, we'll tell you how great this city is, whether but you've asked us or not. <laughs> yes. You might have just asked, like, "Do you know where the target is?" And then it becomes like, and then in the '40s we had, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in a very fun, friendly kind, we love to entertain. You know, have a good story, sit down and meet someone. I think. And that is felt in our hospitality, I think, going into our restaurants, you know, amazing hospitality here. The people are really genuine, friendly, and they want you to have a good experience here. They want to serve you a good meal, want you to have a good beer, want you to have an amazing concert. And they're really going to put it on for you as as the best they can.
1: As a person who lives here, as a citizen of Chicago, everything you're saying I agree with. As somebody who has talked to the people on this podcast who run the venues, who run the restaurants – there's not a one of them who chose extremely difficult livings for any reason other than like it's the it's the thing they love the most. No one says I'm going to open a restaurant because it's easy because I've never opened a restaurant because I know it's, it's not, not easy. easy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Last thing I would say, it, it is about honing the craft here. I think people really want to hone that craft and be the best they can at what they're doing across our industry. Musicians, musicians. Actors, playwrights, dancers, hoteliers. I mean, I think they're really about honing that craft and, and, do, and being the best.
1: The people who are running things here, who are making things here, they're doing it because they care. Absolutely. I mean, even the bear, which obviously is fiction, but even the bear in its depiction of like working class Chicago tours, it's like, look how hard they're working, you know? And, you know, I, I think that's why it's resonated with a lot of people locally because they're like, yeah. It's really that rough it's really that much work yeah, yeah the,
0: the bear was a huge success <laughs> for us I mean just to showcase our culinary industry like that there's a new tour I mean there was so much interest in the restaurants that are featured on the bear especially season two if well, I was gonna seen say yeah two,
1: because there's that montage of visiting so many different you know culinary destinations across the city, because they could have just stayed in that, you know, kind of River North area, but they really got out in the neighborhoods. And it's like, yeah, there have to be people who come to Chicago and say, well, I want to hit five of the restaurants that they showed on the Bear." Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. So, you know, what makes Chicago such, I mean, we both know the answer to this, but I, I love getting into it. What makes this a great place for artists and creatives? Because that's that's a conversation I come to a lot in this podcast and that, like, a lot of talent, a lot of creative talent, they move to the coast, I get why not knocking the coast, but what does Chicago have over LA, over New York for creative artists, you know, musicians, actors, writers who choose to live here instead of leaving?
0: I have kind of three buckets i like to answer that in. And, and one is being able to be experimental and push boundaries here, being innovative, I guess you would say as well. I think there is a culture here where it doesn't have to be this finished product that is going to sell out stadiums venues
1: theaters we're not making pop stars in LA which is you know (laughs) that's great but we're not making LA pop stars here
0: I, I do think it's about the craft and and you can really you know focus in on your craft and and be the best that you can put everything into it and one thing I think the Chicago audience accepts that I think we're willing to go support and I'll use theater as an example, you know, storefront theater, walking in and sitting down with 19 other people in a blank space, look, you know, seeing a play that you have, you might not know if you like or, or hasn't been reviewed yet. Going but, to just
1: see a random night of theater at Second City. Absolutely. Yeah, just walking in and,
0: you know, and I think the amount of famous um, musicians, actors, playwrights that come out of Chicago. I think it's because there's this great culture of innovation here and collaboration. I think a lot of our creatives are willing to collaborate and bring others in. So that's one reason I I, I tend to think Chicago artists are can be successful here. Another, I will say the city ecosystem and I say like support system. I will say Dcase you know, the Department of Cultural Affairs, they're really now more focused on grants and getting funds to artists over not... They do great programming and festivals, but still I think they're really focused on funding artists and finding affordable housing for artists and giving them opportunities. I think we got a great system of donors and, and uh, foundations here supporting artists as well. And then my last thing is, I think there's so many opportunities here to build audience. We have so many free cultural opportunities where Navy Pier runs free cultural programming year round, the city does, the park district, the neighborhood festivals. There's so many opportunities to perform and get in front of people here that I don't think other cities have as much as we do. The free cultural programming here is amazing.
1: And of course, that's how you grow your audience, by just being out there and doing X amount of events across the year in all different neighborhoods, mediums, venues, and just connecting with people over and over and over again. What makes the city such an attractive destination for I'm going to say both small businesses and entrepreneurs, and then obviously also national and international businesses that come in and set up their offices here.
0: Sure. I think for those small businesses, you know, we all live, Chicagoans love their neighborhoods. We have this culture of neighborhoods. Some people probably don't leave their neighborhoods enough, to be honest with you. Go go explore some other ones. But some of the small business opportunities, I think... If you're looking at a neighborhood, you can truly become like an anchor of that community. A lot of our business corridors in our neighborhoods, these are people invested in the community. They want to improve the community, and you can really, and the people in your neighborhood will support you and I think come by your business. And so I think for small businesses, you can really make a difference and be a a community anchor. But then the city is a global city. I would, of course, call Chicago a global city. We're one of the most connected cities in the world with O'Hare and our airports.
1: I mean, we are bookended on either side with two global airports. Yep. Absolutely.
0: And so any national brand that wants to come in or a small business that wants to try downtown, you're going to get in front of a very large you know, visitor audience, people from around the world. Huge. I mean, we're a business hub. It was funny. I was just at a, uh, the City Club luncheon and Commissioner Ree, who runs the Department of Aviation, was talking. We are still one of the largest port cities if you look at our freight traffic that's coming into O'Hare alone. And so we're this major economic engine in the center of our of, of our country. And so I think there's huge opportunities for any business that wants to come into the city, small or large.
1: Well, and it's so easy to get to where you need to go, too. So if you're based in Chicago, you can dip out to a meeting in New York and be back by nightfall. Oh, you know, yeah. L.A., it might be a you know 24 hour next day trip, but it's like, you know, it, it's a pretty quick little jump to some of the other major cities if you need to go get something done there.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, this is one reason our, our convention and meetings business does so well is because the lift into our city, how accessible it is from the coasts and internationally, and how many people can drive here. You sure. Know, in a five-hour drive, I mean, you're talking Minneapolis, Detroit, Indy, St. Louis. I mean, you know, we are an easy drive market at the same time for major populations to easily come in.
1: Yeah, and I will say, and I know we're talking about Chicago, but I also think it benefits us and vice versa that so many of the, I think, great Midwest cities—your Milwaukee, your Indianapolis, your Detroit, you know, St. Louis. They are, as you say, a short drive, and there's lots of great things happening in those markets too. So it's like, if you want to take a cool weekend getaway, you don't have to spend as much money as if you're going to Miami, which Miami rules, but like that's an expensive trip. But you can go have an awesome three-day weekend in Detroit and then come back to Chicago. Now, one of the big highlights of the year, something that obviously was very cool. So in 2023, this is the seventh seventh year in a row that Kanye Ness Traveler named Chicago best big city in the U.S. seven times in a row consecutively. That is insane. What does this mean for the city, for its residents, for local businesses? You know, that's like the Bulls three-peat, you know, twice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's confirmation of everything we've talked about. I think it's how great this city is. And maybe we haven't boasted and, and shouted from the rooftops as much as we should to come experience this city. But it's definitely confirmation of when people come here, they have a great experience and they vote for us. You know, it, it is the reader of Condé Nast Traveler, so it is people that have traveled to the city and voted us, which is even better, I think, than a publication just declaring. It's sure. actual people that do travel and put in their uh, recommendations. So it's been amazing accolade for the city. I hope residents feel
1: prideful. I mean, I think so. That. Yeah. I mean, it's I, it's a crazy. If you're aware,
0: you know, we've been actually taking out some ad space thanking Chicagoans because we, as we talked about, it's the people that really help us win these awards, that, that hospitality that we provide that we talked about earlier. So I hope residents feel pride in that accolade, but I know the business community, the hotels, the attractions, museums, we all, you know, scream it from the roof that this is the seventh year in a row and, you know, we couldn't be happier.
1: I mean, I will say every time I have friends in from out of town who, you know, either haven't lived in Chicago before or maybe they lived here 10 plus years ago. So obviously there's not lots of new development. And, you know, I take them to my favorite neighborhood restaurants in a Bridgeport or Pilsen or, or where have you. And they're blown away by the food. Blown away by the atmosphere. They're blown away by the prices too. I had a friend who used to live here a long time ago. She's been in San Francisco for over a decade and she was like, How is this so affordable? You know, I think there's a lot here that, yeah, people take so much pride in and they want to let people know about it and help them experience it.
0: Yeah, and I'll say of the affordability, we didn't talk about that for our creatives as well. You know, we are an affordable city for our creatives that are looking, coming out of college. We have amazing, you know, institutions here as well, Columbia and the School of the Art Institute and so on. And so the affordability of young creatives for our for our city is important. And, and you know, we want to keep them here though. And, and so having the industries based here, and I think of like the film industry right now. You can have a career here in the film industry. You don't have to go to L.A. with the amount of filming going on right now and and how many jobs it's supporting. So it's one creative industry that I hope that we can start drawing people here from the coast because Chicago is absolutely. We set a record last year in terms of you know revenue in terms of film permits, and so you know for young creatives, affordable. And we have some great opportunities for
1: you. I mean, that makes a huge difference because if you're constantly anxious and sick every day over the price of rent, it's very hard to get into the mindset of, like, also creating, you know, because I will speak for myself. I need to have a certain level of kind of, like, clarity, distractions are off, phones on do not disturb. And, you know, yeah, if if every single part of your life is unaffordable which, you know, these other cities on the coast are excellent, but they are much pricier. I have to think that's much harder to make your best work that way.
0: I would agree. And I just went to San Francisco and I was I was a little surprised at some of the pricing, <laughs> I'm not going to lie.
1: It's a cool city, but yeah. Now, speaking of tourism, this past couple of years, obviously we were coming out of a dark time for tourism at the beginning of this decade, you know, dark time for travel, certainly. Now in 2023, heading into 2024, how has the tourism and travel kind of experience come back in Chicago? What are we seeing in terms of like the tourism and travel experience here?
0: Yeah, we've seen good numbers in some of our key, you know, metrics. We mostly when we're looking at the health of the visitor economy, we're looking at, you know, hotel rooms is a, is a big indicator for us. We know if the hotel room demand and is high, we know people are traveling or they're either here for business And or for leisure. And so we look at hotel numbers um, for a big part beyond just the visitation number. So our hotel demand is at 10.9 million rooms, which is 11% higher than last year. And, and it's 93% of recovery share. And we say recovery share, and that's, that's 2019. In 2019, the city experienced its best year in terms of the visitor industry, in terms of conventions, leisure visitations, and of, most importantly, spending. Right. Yeah. We want people to spend. It generates taxes. So, Especially
1: in the neighborhoods. Yep. yep. You know,
0: you want to, it supports everyone, you know, Uber, Lyft drivers, taxi drivers, people at the airports, everyone that works at hotels and restaurants. And so, you know, it's, we look at those numbers. So we are going to be, we're going to finish out 2023 for most of our key indicators in the low nineties in terms of percentage of recovery share to 2019. So we're, we've only seen it climb. Ever since Chicago reopened in, in June, I believe, every year the numbers are just climbing and getting steadier. So we really hope, you know, 2025, they're probably saying, because some business travel isn't fully back, as businesses are still trying to recover from the pandemic. You know, how many employees can you send to that convention or trade show or business travel? So really excited for 2024 and and, and especially 2025.
1: Obviously a huge event this year, and something that I was a big fan of, is that Taylor Swift came to town. And, you know, I I think some people might hear that and scoff and be like, what does that have to do with anything? Okay, take a pause and go Google Taylor Swift economic impact and then come back to this podcast. I mean, every city she came to, it was an event. And and Beyonce's tour as well. Similarly, just like huge economic impact. But like the Taylor Swift sort of effect, how did that impact Chicago? What did that look like? Because I was at one of those shows and it was I mean, A, the show was incredible. And B, it was like it was an event as much as anything I've ever attended.
0: Yeah. So Chicago had its highest set of record highest ever in terms of hotel revenue and hotel room demand on the three (laughs) nights that she was in town.
1: I'm not surprised though.
0: Now it's crazy. We also had one of our best conventions, a a great client of ours. We call it ASCO. It's the American Society of Oncologists. We're meeting in Chicago with 40,000 attendees. So we got 40,000 people already here and we add, you know, the Swifties traveling from around the world. To come to Chicago because the ticket demand, obviously, if you were a fan, you were almost going to go anywhere. You know, Taylor Swift drove hotel demand and and revenue that weekend. We could see it; there was barely a hotel room available that Friday and Saturday, especially. So, and Chicago puts on big events, well, you know. So we have forty thousand people less than a mile away from the concert venue meeting. You know just the transportation and the services out there to move people around our city. I think we did it really well for the Taylor Swift concerts. And we're seeing these big names be huge drivers. Beyonce's weekend in Chicago was the second highest weekend. So you have Taylor come in one, you have Beyonce driving huge economic impact that weekend. And so people will travel to see sports and music, especially, I feel like.
1: Well, and we see this every year with Lollapalooza, too, oh, when they did the Lollapalooza <laughs> announcement in April. And there's, you know, there's Redditors and there's there's Twitter users who are, you know, working backwards from tour announcements leading up to the Lala announcement and being like, oh, Queens of the Stone Age have an opening and they're not playing Chicago and maybe they're here, you know. So, yeah, all those things bring people in. Yeah, I mean, Lala is
0: uh, just a great economic impact for our city. And I don't have that number off the top of my head, but it is a great boost for our city in terms of just, you know, people coming in and spending money and which creates tax dollars and jobs in our city. And it's important.
1: I mean, all you have to do is just attend one day of Lala (laughs) and you get a, just a scope of just like what that really looks like, because it is a, you know, when you see like the drone shots or the helicopter shots, it's That's a lot of people across a massive amount of land. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. What about food and beverage? You know, we have been talking a bit about restaurants here and there, but like, what did the year look like for food and beverage? Because as I'm gonna say again, Chicago restaurants, man, I just think I I don't know. I think they might be the best in the country. I know other people listening in other country or in other cities are gonna be like, what? What about fair enough. But Chicago has incredible food and beverage.
0: Uh, I love, I love going out to eat in our city. It is the most unpretentious experience at the same time. And welcoming. even when you go to a Michelin starred restaurant here, it's like wow. There's this comfort level. You're, it's not. You, you kind of like relax a little bit. It's inviting. It's great hospitality at the same. Yeah, it's just an amazing, and the food's amazing. And the food's amazing. I mean, so definitely our food scene's great one thing i'm hearing from our restaurant tours though is everything has become business in general is more expensive so even though i go out to eat a lot it's hard to get a reservation some places places look packed but the cost of doing business the food costs have gone up labor has gone up and i still understand a lot of restaurants are really on that edge on profit margins and can we stay open and just saw Deucex closed in yes, Pilson. I, I mean, know. it's surprising. They were a Michelin starred restaurant at one point and, and
1: just an incredible destination. Yeah, so it's important for
0: us to keep, you know, talking about our restaurant industry, our, our culinary scene. You know, we want our we want our chefs to be successful here. And so, as I mentioned, you know, one of our big events right out of the gate is Restaurant Week. You know, getting people out into our restaurants in, in Q1. That website just launched. I think we have 390 restaurants represented.
1: You can, it's amazing.
0: You can filter by your favorite cuisines, vegan options, wine pairings. It's, it's a great website to just figure out where you want to go and go explore a new neighborhood or a restaurant. The prices are great for a prefixed menu. And so it's one of the ways we support our restaurants restaurants during a need period. Restaurants, you know, January can be a little rough here if you're not from here or haven't experienced our winters yet. And so getting people out is is important during this need time for them.
1: Well, you know, and something else that popped in my head too while we're talking about like getting people out into the neighborhoods, getting people out exploring, you know, and visiting some places they haven't, open house Chicago. To me, that's another, I think, I'm going to say recent, meaning like within the last 10 years or so, you know, addition to the city that I think, brings people out in such a great way where they are exploring different parts of the city that they might not have visited before, or certainly destinations that they couldn't have had access to before? How have you seen Open House Chicago kind of, you know, I I think change people's Recognition of where they are and where they can go.
0: Yeah, I, I, as a as a former tour guide, I love architecture and history. It's 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 things I really just love personally. And so I used to volunteer for Open House, and it's so so cool. You get to see and the appreciation of people when they come out. And I'm going to use like the West Side for example. One of the first areas I volunteered for was like a West Side site supervisor, and you'd go around these sites, and it was Our Lady of Sorrows Basilica on the West Side by Garfield Park, probably no one thinks about visiting like drop dead gorgeous church and you're just like wow yeah because when you go across our neighborhoods you start to realize that all the great architecture is not just downtown it is throughout the neighborhoods and open house chicago really opens people's eyes that may have been hesitant to go to a neighborhood now they have this connection through architecture like wow that's a beautiful building i might want to explore more and what Open House has done is now it used to just be about the sites. Now they're kind of building itineraries, nearby restaurants. Here's some experiences to really build out that full day maybe in a neighborhood or really draw people back. Which So I think they've done a really great job of getting people to explore outside of the core.
1: Well, and while we're talking about neighborhoods, Choose Chicago, very strong emphasis within this organization on Chicago's neighborhoods. And like we're saying, not just, you know, the loop. Not just River North, like, and those are great neighborhoods, but like, there's so much north, south, and west of Chicago, and even east. So, you know, this is something I spoke to Rob Foytek, vice president of neighborhood strategy here at Choose Chicago. I spoke to him about this on the podcast earlier this past summer. I will link that in the show notes here. But bring us into what the year looked like for the city's different communities, and, and how you know Choose Chicago are, is supporting the different neighborhoods across the city.
0: Yeah. It's important for us to showcase our neighborhood experiences like we would within a downtown experience. You know, it's very important for us in the city to see equitable recovery across Chicago in terms of hospitality. So how do we, you know, get people down to Hyde Park to dine at Virtue, shop at the Silver Room?
1: Virtue is number one on my list. And I have been meaning to go there forever because every time I open Instagram and I see their posts, I'm like, how have I not gone? It looks incredible. You know, so all of
0: our neighborhoods. You know, you explore the city so much. I live up between Andersonville and Lincoln Square. So many great restaurants in all these neighborhoods. So much to do, but most people don't know about them. So it's it's almost just raising awareness of some of these neighborhood experiences, and then. Rob's team's just done a great job of his whole influencer programming using micro influencers from neighborhoods to post about their neighborhood and get them talking about their neighborhood and growing their audiences. Because it's one thing for us to say, oh, go visit Pilsen, but to have someone from that community really have that in depth knowledge because people are, visitors are looking for those deep dives into the culture that they're into. Yeah. And our neighborhoods will provide that deep dive to no matter what you're into Latinx music, no problem. Them. Great theater scene, absolutely comedy, what have you. Chicago has it, and we have these great deep dive experiences into those cultures which many of our neighborhoods deliver on.
1: Yeah, and I think just like you could kind of throw a dart at a, a map of Chicago neighborhoods and you'd be like, oh, Uptown, Ethiopian food. I love oh, it up there. Yes. You know? And you'd be like, this is what I love about this part of the city. This is what I love about this part of the city. It is a great space to explore. I mean, really. I'm not being paid by the Chicago offices here, but it's just like I've lived here my whole life and I love exploring what Chicago has to offer. I know that there were two marketing campaigns that Choose Chicago launched this past year in support of the performing arts here in the city. And we've obviously been talking about theater and performance here. What can you say about those two campaigns?
0: Yeah, they were done in conjunction with D-Case, as I mentioned. It was one of our first initiatives coming out of the gate in the spring to you know, really draw awareness of the performing arts scene here across music, dance, theater, and comedy. And so it was great for me to engage with six organizations to plan and execute the first campaign because we wanted it to be ha- as holistic as possible and bring in everyone. So it's not just Broadway and Chicago, right? You got to bring in the whole theater community, hear from them, what are their needs? And so really raising awareness and, and doing a website, really just trying to drive ticket sales, getting people out of their homes, out of the little nests they built during the <laughs> pandemic, and seeing if we can drive ticket sales. Now, we weren't able to track ticket sales, so but we did see a lot of great engagement. The other one was, as the summer went on, we were seeing, as you mentioned, a lot of concerts had great, great ticket sales. Dance was coming back. Joffrey had a great season, but theaters were struggling. And so how do we continue that message with theaters, and we really branded the fall cultural scene, which is an amazing time here in Chicago, architecture biennial, open house, arts in the dark, and claimed the fall art season as theater season and really did a huge like awareness push. We worked with the mayor. The mayor, we did a video with the mayor and an activation and really trying to get as much word out there about the fall being theater season, which is when they mostly open their seasons to really hopefully drive
1: ticket sales. Well, we've talked a lot about 2023, but I know you mentioned early in the chat that 2024, that work starts long before the new year actually begins. So as we are entering 2024, what are you excited about for the city, for Choose Chicago? What's on the horizon?
0: Yeah, really quick, just in Q1, as I mentioned, Chicago Restaurant Week starts January 19th. Book your reservations now, very important. Theater Week, as I mentioned, really important initiative. Tickets are only 15 or $30 for probably 100 shows. Oh, my um, gosh. So check out Theater Week. Civil Fest, I don't know if you've heard of Civil Fest, is is back for year two. Really excited. Mm-hmm. It's a music festival across three weeks at our independent music venues. So yes, great acts last year. I'm really excited for Civil Fest. Millennium Park is turning 20 years next year. Wow. The 20th anniversary. I, wow. I'm assuming, I don't have all the details, but I'm assuming there's going to be great programming all summer. And in August, it's a big one. It's, it's a national showcase, international showcase. The Democratic National Convention is here in Chicago. And it's, you think, oh, that's kind of odd that you're talking about that. But it's a moment where we'll have the national spotlight on us. And it's oh, a yeah. time to showcase how great our city is. So we are thinking through every opportunity to showcase our city in the best light possible to the thousands of people that will be here and the hundreds of media. You know, which is even just as important to us when you get that great media coverage.
1: Well, this is all incredible. Jason Lesnevich, Senior Director of Cultural Tourism at Choose Chicago. I, I love talking about Chicago. Anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that. So this was a treat. I hope everybody enjoyed just getting this deep dive on what makes Chicago great for the locals who live here and for the people who are visiting for the first time or the 15th time. This was excellent. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at
1: DynastyPodcasts.com For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.